Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Big stories. Big guests. The big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. You know, it is encouraging in a way. I mean, we, when it comes to cancer, we are making progress in treating cancer. Certainly mortality rates have improved. I don't know that we're necessarily making progress on the number of cases, but your chances of surviving cancer are better. Unfortunately, when it comes to fighting cancer, we still don't have a lot of good options. Chemotherapy is a really crude way of tackling cancer and obviously brings with it a host of, of its own problems. But it's still pretty much all we've got. There's a fascinating story in the Wall Street Journal today, though, about a growing rift uh, amongst oncologists uh, with regard to chemotherapy or at least particularly as it pertains to breast cancer, that there's a growing push maybe for women to have less chemotherapy in dealing with, or even none at all. So where, where would that leave us? And, and where is this rift coming from? Joining us to talk more about her story, certainly getting a lot of attention today. Very pleased to welcome the program, uh, Lucette Lagnata, reporter with the Wall Street Journal, WSJ.com. Lucette, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome to the program. Oh, I'm, I'm so grateful, and you gave a wonderful uh, summary and synthesis well, I appreciate of that. Uh, the issue at hand. Well, yeah. it's a fascinating issue, uh, and I think a very important one. Um, oh, so really? let, let's clarify the parameters. Are, are we talking specifically about breast cancer here, or is, is the, the debate larger than that? Oh, well, I can answer. Sort of the answer is yes and yes. Yeah. Um, we are, in this case, uh, speaking very specifically about early breast cancer, where there's an incredible movement. It's called, it's got all kinds of buzzwords, you know, and the favorite is de-escalation. And, uh, but it's really against a larger debate about whether we have um, over-treated lots and lots of Americans for breast cancer, but also for other cancers too. It's it's fascinating because, well, yeah, maybe we did. On the other hand, there's been, it's cancer is still a fatal disease, and we don't quite have our arms around it. So, you know, that's what made the story so strange to report. I would listen to the doctors saying, who like support de-escalation and using less chemo or no chemo in some cases. And I would be thinking, yeah, but what what are, what are we supposed to do? Right. It's not like, you know, they can take us to a rose garden and cure us of our cancer, you know? Well, and I've heard similar questions raised with regard to treating prostate cancer. Are we too quick to treat prostate cancer? And, you know, maybe in some instances in, in early prostate cancer, maybe, maybe the, the treatment's worse than the disease. Are, are these similar kinds of issues then that are being debated? 
Right. They are similar. I think that with the case of, of prostate cancer, it's actually more dramatic at this moment than breast cancer because for years and years and years and years, uh, men were subjected to radical surgery even when they had a very low-level case of prostate cancer. And the side effects of this radical surgery known as prostatectomy, I believe, were, like, terrible, like, were really awful. And uh, and just that was, that was what the doctor said to do. And that's had the most radical change because they found that, guess what? You can just do strong, what they call surveillance of the men, watch them very closely, biopsy them. And, you know, if it gets worse, you can still treat it. Um, I, I will say that there are, of course, some cases of prostate cancer that are unbelievably fatal. Right. But that wasn't the majority, and that's not the majority of the men who received the radical surgery had, I believe, low or many who received it had low level disease so when it comes to women in early stage breast cancer so so right. those who would be proponents of what is as you say has become known as de-escalation what, what's their advice or what's their approach well it's it's messy because breast cancer is still a horrible disease if it comes back in other words they've made a lot of progress And the survival rates have gotten considerably better uh, for breast cancer, uh, five-year survival rates and more and more than that. Um, And women who would absolutely have died, you know, 30, 40 years ago are, are going strong. The problem, as I understand it, is what do you do to prevent it from coming back? Because if it comes back and it's spread, forget it. You're dead. I mean, or they can keep you going, but we don't really have a cure for stage 4 cancer. So the whole debate is, what do you do to prevent its recurrence? And for some early stage cancers, they say it's enough to do surgery, radiation, give hormonal therapy to the appropriate women. But the debate is that's pitting, you know, great doctors one against the other is, Some doctors are saying we don't really have a lot of data for a lot, even of the early stage breast cancers, so we shouldn't undertreat, or we're risking that these women will die. So it's kind of an amazingly stark debate among people who are very, very brainy and who do this day and night, and it was very hard to report incidentally. Well, to I would figure imagine. out what's going yeah. on, what's the difference here. Right. So, I mean, th- those who would be on the de-escalation side, they-, they are not opposed to chemotherapy, right? I mean, they-, they still see it as having a place, but much more of a, a last resort. No. Uh, yes and no. They absolutely, even the strongest proponents of de-escalation and doing less or dialing down, you know, they use these expressions, which say, of course, chemotherapy um, has a role. They wouldn't say last resort. They would say um, the art and science is to choose which breast cancer patients 
will really benefit and which won't. And it becomes a risk-benefit analysis that for some early breast cancers, the harm of chemotherapy, the side effects, the after effects, could be worse than the possible benefit, which could be very small. I know that sounds complicated, but, you know, that's what these doctors do. They sit around trying to analyze this, and then they counsel women. It's just that some doctors have really kind of drunk the Kool-Aid and really embraced de-escalation. And some other doctors that I quote are like saying, well, wait a minute, you guys. Let's be really careful. Let's make sure the data and the science is behind what we're recommending to be done. Well, I mean, that should always guide us. I mean, it's it's simple enough in theory, but as as you describe here, it's it's more difficult in practice. Where, where does it leave women then who who are faced with a scary diagnosis and and maybe then conflicting advice about what to do? Well, here's the the kind of the good and the bad of it. We've made progress, also in kind of figuring out how a woman will do. It used to be basically the doctor would look at the size of the tumor, how aggressive it was, you know, its grade, and, um, you know, factor in the woman's age and whatnot, and come up with a decision as to what treatment she needs. Now, there's more of what they call the biology of the tumor, and they have these really interesting, fancy casts known as genomic casts where, um, you know, companies actually uh, kind of do gene testing and can figure out with some cases, I'm trying to be very careful, whether there's a really strong chance or not that the cancer will come back. Um, It's kind of amazing. It's a predictive tool. So women have more information, but some of the information is still vague. It's not clear-cut all the time. Sometimes it's very murky. Um, And so they need to listen very carefully to what their doctor is saying. And then I would say second opinion. Yeah. Well, it's a fascinating piece, getting a lot of reaction today, as mentioned, WSJ.com. Lucette, thank you so much for joining us here today. Really appreciate this. Oh, really appreciate it, too. All right, take care. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, Lucette Lagnato, a reporter with The Wall Street Journal, headline chemotherapy, a trusty weapon against cancer, falls out of favor. So looking at the debate about how and when to deploy this, this weapon in this fight that obviously can take quite a toll on, on the patient. Really interesting questions. This raises 403-974-8255. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.